welcome to the Hangups Podcast. I am your host, Joel Pack. I am a full-time music producer, husband, and dad to three awesome kids. This is basically my way of getting some quality hang time in with some interesting people I don't get to chat with nearly as much as I'd like to. Today, I had my friends Quinn and Megan Allman over. Uh, they are in a band called Veda Wave. You might remember Quinn Allman from the band The Used. He is a founding member of that band. And you may also remember Megan Joy from season eight of American Idol. So anyway, here is Megan and Quinn Allman. Gratitude ever That's oh, awesome. Really? It just like resets me. That's I'm good. Just, like, Where were so you happy guys? Again. Across the street at, at our, our neighbor's, neighbor's house. She just moved her couches aside, and we. She loves. She's a huge fish head, and got mm. us into fish, and we just yeah. danced to one of her favorite sets. Were yeah. you guys not into fish before that? Not really. Not no. really. And I then didn't... she paid for us to come to Dicks. They. That's like one of their biggest. Do you like fish? Are you? Oh, the band? Dick's the arena. Oh, I always thought you meant like the sporting goods store. It's, a, it's, it's, <laughs> it's, okay. it's the it's sporting like goods. It's sponsored. Arena. Yeah, they own that arena in Colorado. Oh. Wow. And, it's, and they do three nights. It's the most amazing. I, it's fucking amazing. Yeah, I mean, I've never had that kind of musical experience or life experience ever. Yeah. It, it changed our lives. When did you go? Yeah. It's Last, we went in September, uh-huh. but she took oh, me like me three years ago by myself with uh-huh. Quinn, uh-huh. and it wasn't as cool, uh-huh. so it was kind of teetering. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> fish was really big in Oklahoma, so mm-hmm. I had a lot of friends that were into fish, but the only song that I really knew and loved was Farmhouse. We yeah. don't know the names. Don't of, we don't know the songs. Songs. There's so really. many. It's like about flies. It's like, welcome, this is a farmhouse. Like, I don't know. <laughs> cool. Yeah, Next there's some like I've heard over now a couple times where I've heard a couple that are the popular kind of mm-hmm. their catalog songs, but yeah. The crowd, it's the best crowd I've ever been in. It's the most amazing energy. Mm. And I remember that from the first time. I loved that. I was like, this is the coolest group of people I've ever been around. Mm-hmm. Like the music's cool. And I would just pretend like it was Quinn playing. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, and I was super high and drunk. <laughs> so I had a great time, but this time I was like, this is some of the best music I've ever heard in my life. Was it, where is where is Dix? What's Denver? Denver. Okay. Yeah. It's like outside of Denver. It was just perfect. Like mm. we, we got a hotel <clears throat> room and we walked like across the street to this Chiba hut, um, the sandwich shop. And then there's this big bus that rolls up and they have like this big sober network of bus drivers that drive everybody to the show and back. And, you know, <clears throat> and God, it was just perfect. Like you didn't have to worry about a ride. No assholes at all. No egos. Nothing. It's just so amazing. Yeah. We're huge fish heads now. Maybe. <laughs> I feel like that's how shows should just be yeah. in general. Like where it would be so much nicer if you could just get picked up somewhere mm-hmm. and yes, everybody turns their. I don't. I don't want to say you get your cell phones taken away, but just like you yeah, know. What basically, it, but maybe, yeah, you're just you present, know, and you just get get bust up to some remote location, have mm-hmm. an outdoor show, and. Yeah. Then when it's all done, I mean, unless barring some kind of emergency thing and you need to leave, you know, you can leave. But it just seems like summer camp type yeah. would be the coolest. Summer camp party. Yeah. Even pulling my cell phone out like during the show, I was like, this doesn't, this doesn't feel right. Like, <laughs> it's taking away. But <clears throat> I could like, I would like scan around and just like look at this humongous stadium. Mm-hmm. And... It's not like people like sitting watching Taylor Swift like, oh, I love this 
cool. It's like people are just like having the best time every person and you're just like mm. oh my god this is the best thing it was, just, it was so cool they're experiencing not documenting yeah yeah, Everyone's just there. yeah it's not yeah. fan stuff like and i was so used to that with the used and all that like it was like a product like here's a song go buy merch here's a song we're gonna be here next summer we're gonna do this and it was just like all these bands like all this like culture of like that shit mm -hmm. got it was just always all around it and I was like God ah. I even on the inside was like I don't know any of these bands I couldn't tell you Chiodos or this band or whoever all, mm -hmm. like all these verb the noun bands I had no idea <laughs> and then so when I'm watching fish you know or whatever I'm like this is what it's all about like they're surrendering all of their ego to the music and then everybody's having a good time and they're like pushing the audience back and forth and like Going in, I don't know. It's just so such a real experience. They weren't like T-shirt salesmen. No, no, exactly. That's what it feels. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. That's what it feels like a lot of times. Like, okay, T-shirt salesman, and here's our here's our. Let's get up on stage and do our advertisement for T-shirts or whatever. Yeah. It is. Yeah. you're making me really want to go to one of their shows. Oh, yeah. we you should. We should come. Come, come, come with, with us. us. You when should. are you going again? We'll go next year for sure. We'll, we'll I'll go always every go to Dex every year. year. Yeah. Um, but I, I don't. I'm not really sure. Like. When in between, but next September, if you guys want to come to Denver, there's nothing like it. Anyway, <laughs> cool. I have some stupid conversation points. <laughs> we can, you know, can or don't have to do whatever. But I was thinking the other day, I don't remember how we met. How we met? Yeah. Was there an ad or something like that? Yeah. So um, I've been recently writing down a bunch of my memories, and I it started to come to me that. Uh, First time I met you was at the, that house in Provo that you were sharing with Brandon and Jeff. Oh, the bar? The, yeah, the bar. <clears throat> so I put up an ad in Keith Jorgensen's music. <laughs> or no, I didn't put up an ad. You ha you guys had put up an ad and it said at the bottom, like, looking for a guitar player, like, you know, influences are like every influence, everything. Uh -huh. um, and then uh, called Dave or something. So I called that and Jeff picked up the phone, I think. And I said, hey, I'm looking for Dave. And, no, you know, you guys used that as a pseudonym or something so uh -huh. that, you know, Matt wouldn't know or, oh, you know, no one would know. Oh, I don't know. It was. Yeah, so it was just kind of Sneaky. like this little yeah, operation, yeah, yeah, to find a new guitar player without telling them. And, um, I, I mean, I didn't know all that until I met you guys. But mm -hmm. <clears throat> I think it was just like a couple days later, a week later, I came over and practiced with you guys and uh. my... Uh, my car overheated on the way there and um yeah i mean that's kind of the <clears throat> you know strip the the skeleton of it but yeah remember you could play the solo from freebird and that that's, was like the, that was what yeah that was it. <laughs> <laughs> well so yeah it's funny because i started remembering all that and <clears throat> i remember you guys had a a song that you had written like a heavy song mm -hmm. it was called soar I think it was called. It's like. Gross. Do you remember it? It's so weird. I can remember it. Yeah. But um, yeah, I was like, this is so good. This is so heavy. And the more like uh, standout moment is when we, a couple days later after that, where you're like, can you? We want you. You told me I think over the phone that you guys you wanted me to join the band. I think. And then we, like, the next day or whatever, moved to, like, you know, an hour north up there to rehearse <clears throat> in that basement. 
Uh, Brandon's and mom's work on, Yes, at and work daycare. on the daycare all summer. Oh, uh, the daycare. Which was uh, so, it's so funny. Painting the fence. <laughs> Painting Painting the, the fence. fence. <laughs> we, I, I think something happened where, like, we painted, we did all this, we cleaned up everything, and then, like, the inspector came in and said, oh, the, you know, the fence is too close to the playground equipment, so you can't even have that playground. Something like that, I oh, think. Man. They're like, you can't have this playground here in the center, and we're like, oh. But I mean, it was like this, it was just that like kind of weird, like Mormon smell. Sorry, not, uh, you know what I mean? Like the, yeah. the, the, the too many kids smell yeah. of a daycare. <laughs> yes. The, know you know, smell. that, that, and, and it was just <laughs> that every day for a while. <clears throat> um, but, uh, we, you know, I recorded white, we, I recorded like a solo for Wipeout or something with you in the basement, like on a little eight track. And it was so fun. And I mean, you were like, I thought you were the most amazing bass player I'd ever seen. You know, so did I. Because <laughs> <laughs> you were. You, you, you really were. Like, it was amazing. So I was like, I was in heaven. That was cool. But, but yeah. Oh, was funny. I, I was, remember thinking, feeling super creepy too, because there was like, um, we'd wake up at like, what, like noon or whatever, and there'd be kids in the base, you know? Oh, yeah, yeah. So it was well, a daycare. Yeah. Um, there have to be something illegal about that, right? Yeah, there's some interesting things. The first night we stayed there, um, Brandon's father-in-law had a heart attack. Do you remember that? I don't remember any of that. Okay, so yeah, like, first night we stayed there, like, four in the morning, it was like, everything, like, everybody, you know, I don't know, just emergency was going on because he had to be, Richard, I think was his name, had Mm -hmm. to be, like, rushed to the hospital and was having a heart attack and it was crazy, but um, I remember that. I remember, like, squeaking my shoes at the at the grocery store and like getting the cops called on me for squeaking my shoes on the floor. It was Kaysville. And we were just like ransacking, you know, we would just like drive around and be, I don't know, I don't know what we were doing, but in between working on the daycare, I mean, but yeah. I just remember walking down the steps into these like big rooms with like kind of like amateur murals that were up on the walls. I think we were like covering with like one wall was red, one wall was blue, one wall was green. I don't know. It's kind of nightmare. I, so, I don't even remember. I just remember. I remember grilled cheese sandwiches with ranch dressing. Mm. Yeah. That's what we ate every day. Mm-hmm. And then I remember we'd have like our workout hour on the back patio every day where we'd like go lift weights and mm. do stuff every day. I don't remember. I, yeah. Uh, and then we were trying to be like regimented, like. You know what? And yeah, we, we, it's like, it's like this red hot chili yeah. peppers yeah. kind of thing. Like we're gonna do that. We're gonna <laughs> yes. yeah regiment and like it's funny too. I just remember it was like monster milk or something like this, where the cereal the milk would turn green. Oh, you know after you eat it. Yeah, uh-huh. and I just I just watched the kids there just like grabbing their bowl and just like oh. and they taking it in and I was just like oh I just don't know <laughs> I don't know that's yucky for me. And y'all lived upstairs. Lived in the basement. Downstairs. Oh, and then you'd wake up and there'd be like kids playing around you. Yeah, not mm-hmm. in not in the room that we were in. Oh, okay, just like outside the room. But yeah, and I remember feeling like <laughs> that's right. When we'd showers, I just remember being like, we'd go out to shower and come back, and there'd be like kids playing, and just like I felt like yeah, I just wanted to be like not a pedophile, not a pedophile, <laughs> not a pedophile, not a pedophile. <laughs> like who's, who's who are these like smelly dudes that are you know. <laughs> Hanging out, whatever, and yeah. How old are you guys? Are or were at that, at that, at that time? time? I was probably I was seventeen. I was nineteen, eighteen, eighteen, yeah. nineteen, eighteen, something 18, like that. Yeah. You're just okay. Okay. High school. okay. 
Yep, it was in my it was in the summer between my junior and senior year of high school. I have a bunch of pictures of that time. We should, if you Dude. come over sometime, yeah, I have like a little like my film, my school camera, you know, that <clears throat> took a bunch to of see those. They're all kind of crappy, but it's kind of cool. Yeah. <laughs> I just remember your parents, we practiced in your basement too for a while, right? At your parents' house? I just I just remember, yeah, we were practicing down there for a second. It was kind of like, don't touch my stuff. Like, no, and, you know, because no, my brothers were just like, oh, rock stars are here. Oh, you <laughs> guys, don't touch my stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, um, yeah. But, I mean, we were like rollerblading through the house, like, you know, and just like running our sweaty hands across the wall and like. On my house. <laughs> Isn't that funny how your perspective changes, though, now that when you have kids and you like think about your own upbringing, it's like, I mean, like how you said, not in my house. Like, can you imagine just being like, go in your rollerblades, you know, do whatever. And like, well, more, I mean, in my house growing up, that wasn't oh, really? happening in our house. It's kind of like that a little bit. Ryder will be like on his hoverboard, like, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. stuff. but I lose my patience pretty quick. Mm. I guess I let it happen, mm-hmm. but then I end it quickly. Th- that's exactly how I am. Like I don't let things just, <laughs> yeah just go free for all but i try to encourage it and then when it gets out of control i'm like "Eh, never mind never mind (laughs) redirect was it way more strict over at your place growing up i was insane you weren't allowed to touch anything in my house you had to we had to vacuum the carpets every day and the stairs and then rake them so they stood up straight and wash the walls you weren't allowed to wear jeans on the couch jeans on the couch with a little metal yeah like i was wow we cleaned so Every did, day. What did you wear on the couch? Pajamas. Oh, and okay. You have to have fresh, clean socks on. Like, mm. it was insane. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes I'm like, oh, your childhood. There was a, some emotional and a mental abuse up in there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now my mom yeah. though. My yeah. mom is the sweetheart. Yeah. Was it? Do you think it was like a control thing or oh, something? Oh yeah, my or, stepdad yeah. had a lot of control issues. Yeah. And his upbringing was way, way, way worse. Mm. So. It's it's all good. Yeah, I mean, what's his, did he? What's his? Did they, I mean, your mom's going out to California with a cool dude. Yeah, right? she left him when I was eighteen or nineteen. Oh, okay. Um, and he hasn't been in our lives ever since. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Just was nothing. he like? He raised us. Yeah. From five to nineteen, he was my dad. Mm-hmm. I didn't call him dad for a long time, mm-hmm. but. And then he was just gone. I, we talk a little bit. He showed up at our, one of our shows recently. Um, I love him. I have love for him. Mm -hmm. I think without him, I would have been insane. I think my mom would have let me do anything I wanted. Mm -hmm. And I think I would have partied too hard and had sex and done stuff Mm -hmm. and like just like really screwed up my life totally. Mm -hmm. So I'm really grateful that he was there cracking the whip. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It hurt my brother, but it helped Mm me. So Mm -hmm. meant to be. Yeah. Is older brother? Younger. Younger brother. Yeah. I have an older brother, but my mom gave him up for adoption, and we only found him a year ago. That's right. Oh, that's we talked right. about this. Yeah, yeah. yeah we you saw m- you guys right after we found him. Yeah. yeah. So what yeah. happened? Can you refresh the memory? Sure. She was 16, and uh-huh. her and my dad, um, they just couldn't. They, everyone was like, no, you need to give this baby up. So they gave uh-huh. him up. And then um, it was a closed adoption through LDS Family Services. And we always tried to find him. We always submitted letters and pictures, and just nothing ever came of it. And then last year, um, in the summer, we, my mom got um, f- 
far along in the process of being on a TV show called Long Lost Family. And they were about to take our our story on. Mm -hmm. And they would have found him, and it was amazing. And we were, like, really excited and nervous. I was dreading it because reality TV after American Idol is sort of the last thing I ever want to do again. Mm -hmm. So I was like, I can't believe we're going to do this on TV. And then we we randomly looked at him. We realized we've been searching the last few years for the wrong date. My younger brother's birthday is March 10th, and my older brother's birthday is May 10th, but we had been searching May 9th, thinking oh. that it wasn't the 10th, uh-huh. not mm-hmm. checking that for some stupid reason. And we realized that this day that we were working with this TV show, and my mom looks it up the right day, and he pops up, and we're like, that's him. And we go on Facebook and pull up the picture, and we're just, like, squeezing hands, and he looks just like us. Ugh. And we found him, and I messaged him, and we were like, peace out, TV show. Yeah. Yeah. And we've just, he's just been a part of us ever since. Like, we, he's just like us. He had almost an exact parallel life of my younger brother. They experienced, like, the same things growing up in a hardcore LDS family. Mm-hmm. He was raised by an LDS family. My family was. And they just rebelled and did all these things. Insane. Like, down to the same truck as a 16-year-old. Like, wow. crazy yeah. parallels. Really interesting crazy, how the environment and the genetics are yeah. both there. So strong. Mm-hmm. You know? So it was ama- amazing. And now, like, he's just one of us. It's like he, you know, even though there's this weird gap of yeah. who mm-hmm. wasn't there, mm-hmm. he's just instantly now. That's so cool. He That's lives so in California? Nice. Yeah. And do you, do you guys, like, visit and stuff? We haven't been there, but he's come and stayed with us four times yeah. now. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. Yeah. How old it's is a miracle. he? He's a year older than me, so okay. he's 34. Okay. Yeah. What's he, like, what does he do? What's he into? He's a general contractor. Okay. Yeah. He makes great money and yeah. loves what he does and is super good at it. Yeah. He just lives with his dog, just like my younger brother in Colorado. They yeah. Just live with our dogs, bachelor life, working. <laughs> uh-huh. Um, he's, he's out there to be free and legal with the greens. Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah, he's very athletic and out, an outdoorsman. He's cool. He's sober, which is great. Uh-huh. So alcohol killed our dad and his twin, mm-hmm. and it's definitely taken the three of us through the ringer. Uh-huh. So it's cool that he found us when he was sober because him plus me and our younger brother drunk sounds horrible. <laughs> yeah. Terrible. Yeah. So you're, when did your dad, when did your dad die? Four years ago or five? Um, 2015, March okay. 30th. This is your dad, dad, not your stepdad. No, no, no. He's stepdad's alive, doing something somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> doing something. <laughs> yeah. Yep. And then a year later, my dad's identical twin brother died the exact same way. It was really crazy. The sibling similarities they run oh, run the, in the family. Yeah. The genes are strong. Yeah. <laughs> Man, so, uh, was the, so the show, what was the show that was going to get everybody together? What was that? Long Lost Family. Long Lost Family. This was after Idol or before Idol? A long after. Long after. When were you yeah. on Idol? This was like four 2009. years ago. Uh, it's confusing for me, and I never watched it. Mm-hmm. I still haven't watched my season. Oh, you yeah. haven't? Mm-mm. I've watched oh. a couple performances of it. You know, mm-hmm. I've seen the performances, but not the show. It, it, it's, uh, I turned 23 on September 18th uh-huh. that year, and that was the first day I sang for the judges and got my, t- like, the actual judges. Uh-huh. There was a rounds before then, uh-huh. but I sang for Simon and Paula and Randy and Kara and got my ticket to Hollywood on my birthday, and then it all happened, and I went on tour that summer, mm-hmm. and then 
I got home from tour like two days before my 24th birthday. So it was exactly a year, a year. of American Idol. Wow. A little bit more counting the first rounds. Yeah. But really hardcore Idol. Yeah. Those days. Wow. Man, yeah, I, I remember, I think we were, it was Christmas or something. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, she's from Utah. Oh, her name's Megan Joy, and you're Maggie Joy. And yeah. oh, like, this is just <laughs> funny. And then, uh, and then wow. later, when you guys were hanging out, I was just like, we should all hang out. <laughs> yeah, you ran into each other at Whole Foods. Oh, yeah, and I, I was sitting in the car. Yeah, I saw, yeah, that's right. Yeah. So like, a, they live by us, let's hang out. We don't have any friends. Yeah, I, I remember I had a baby hangover where okay. you, you know, where you uh, haven't showered in four days and you're like, man, I hope I don't run into anybody from my past right now. <laughs> we were in the same yes. boat, I'm uh, sure. We were just slogging around. Just, yeah. I, I, I'm totally with that. I was just like, oh man, I ran into him at Whole Foods. Like, oh, what's this? What's Joel doing at Whole Foods? He looks like he doesn't belong at all. You know, all the things when you run into people you haven't seen in a long time and all the uh, all the self-judgment things you put on them. Spit <laughs> 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 up on your shirt. Uh-huh. And you're like, man, I used to be doing all I used to run this town. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. So did they, didn't they have like something where no matter what you did for like seven years after or something don't they have some crazy yeah the contract is huge um Mm -hmm. but they didn't sign me so Mm -hmm. i was free oh Oh, that's good and i was such a hot mess at that time because that year i had just barely left my first husband uh, like a month before i tried out for the uh, the first audition Mm -hmm. and uh, it was really a nasty time with him for that year so i was just drunk anytime I've worked my ass off I worked really 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 hard Mm -hmm. but then when I didn't have to work I would just drink so I was I don't think they were interested in me so I luckily I was free Mm -hmm. and I was constantly saying I need to have control of my life I'm a mother first Mm -hmm. I will never ever put anything before my son Mm -hmm. but I also just never even during the process of American Idol never once was I like I'm gonna be a singer like I didn't think that was possible in my life Really? Yeah, I was just like, no, I'm a mom, so I can just have this experience that I'm doing to make money. Because mm-hmm. I was, if you make the tour, you'll make money. And I was like, I'll make uh, enough money to move out of my mom's house and get me and Ryder a head start in mm-hmm. our new life mm-hmm. <clears throat> alone. So that's why I did it. And it wasn't until I got home from tour and I started getting offers, managers and agents and all these people, that I was like, oh, maybe I can do both. Mm-hmm. And I, I started doing both. And that was just a miracle to me. But during the process, I was never pursuing that. I was just trying to make some money and get through a horrible time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, this is, and I'm not, uh, I'm not trying to, this is probably like projecting or whatever, but I know just being a dad, um, I, it's so hard for me not to be resentful mm-hmm. towards my kids, um, just or towards our kids, just because it's like, and maybe it's maybe it's different. I I feel like I had the opposite thing. I grew up like no, I'm gonna be I'm gonna do music. You know that was always the thing. And then like being a dad, like even on tour, I was had. Uh... I'm sorry, I cry <laughs> easily. <laughs> <laughs> but like I was, I mean, I had a vasectomy fund on tour and stuff you that did. people instead of as a tip jar or whatever. And I was like no, because I, I was married. I was married once before. You know, we didn't have any kids, and it was just not. You're too young. It was a bad experience. But we, and we didn't have kids, and so mm-hmm. I was like, okay, I dodged that bullet, tried that hat on, and that's just not like a kind of life I'm, I'm going to live at all. And then um, 
you know, with after I met Maggie, it was like, every, everything changed. You know? <laughs> but um, it's still hard. It. It's yeah. still hard for me. It, I feel like it's a recent thing where I'm not trying to stomach some kind of resentment of like what I could be getting done. Or do you know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And was that ever a thing you even had to deal with? Or were they just always sure. well, number one and you never even had to... It, it, it was that clear cut for me. Mm-hmm. Um, it was painful and heartbreaking, but it was like, no matter what, I will never, ever abandon him. Mm-hmm. I will always take care of Ryder. Um, and that was, it, it, that's because of my mom too. Like my mom has been my best friend my whole life. And um, I always wanted to be like my mom and I'm not really, I mean, I am. And I've, I think I'm more and more as I get older, I'm more like her. Um, What's your mom like? just like the most patient human ever so fun and loving and kind and just like incredible with kids just you know it's easy for her mm-hmm. like she could it's no it's no question like she would just rather hang out with kids yeah with her kids and just be loving and caring and and I always thought I was like growing up I was like I'm gonna be like my mom and be a mom I'm just gonna be a stay-at-home mom I want to be like my mom mm-hmm. I remember looking in the mirror though when I was, I've always just singing and dancing in the mirror, and I was like, I could be a star if I wanted to. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I'm not going to, but I could be, yeah. you know, to myself. <laughs> but um, so during the idol stuff, there was moments where I would have offers of things where I couldn't do it, mm-hmm. and I would die a little bit. Yeah. Because personally, for myself, I desperately wanted to go tour with this person or pursue this, and I I couldn't. So that was painful. Um, I, I, and I was drinking a lot of that time too. And, um, it was a confusing time, but luckily I didn't have a lot of resentment, I think, mm-hmm. um, because Ryder was grounding me and also it was actually saving me from Hollywood. Cause I would go out there and be around all these famous people and make an ass of myself all the time. And I was like self-sabotaging myself. Uh-huh. I didn't, I didn't really want to be there. I really wanted to have a stable, happy life yeah. with my family. So it was kind of the opposite then. But this time around, I will say I've had moments of, you know, me and Quinn waited a long time to have Golden. And we tried for years to make music together. And it was actually so difficult and so frustrating for us. Because like, why can't we do this together? We can do it with other people. Like, why isn't this easy? You know, like technology would never work for us. Uh We could never record anything. Like just constantly, it was just this like, huge battle and then finally when I got pregnant it clicked and we started writing songs Mm -hmm. (laughs) and piecing together ones that we had already tried to write and it just started happening and I'm like okay I guess I can't do music unless I am doing being a mom first like 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 I don't know so it's been really challenging since he's been here to find a balance of doing both of those things and there's been times when I just feel crushed and I'm like I don't get to sing I guess I you know I'm just it's this or it's just being a mom you know and I'll like go around in circles in my mind feeling like I'm not going to be able to follow all these dreams that I now have that I've begun to believe in because it's it happened you know yeah and then it's just I don't know. But yes, there are times when I'm like, oh, I want this for myself, but yeah. I can't have it right now. Yeah. And it's hard. I, for, for me, I feel like the, 
it's not silver lining is the wrong word to use. I feel like the the present that gets unwrapped from all that, hopefully at least, is the human growth portion. Mm-hmm. I guess uh, thinking about it like, okay, here are kids and here are responsibilities and here are the things that have to do. And then maybe if there's room for things, well, maybe I guess there's room for that. And then maybe we can make that happen or um, I'll make room for myself later. Um, what, I've, what I'm hoping this is, <laughs> you know, is that they're all kind of carrots that are dangling and forcing us to grow in ways we would not have grown otherwise at all. Like, I know, I mean, if, if, if the vasectomy fund would have worked it, worked, worked it, I've been hanging out with myself too much. If the vasectomy fund would have worked it, um, uh, who's to say that there would have been, I mean, okay, opportunities, you can take opportunities, but how many opportunities have we all taken that have led to dead ends anyway? Mm-hmm. And, um, and because there's less weight to lift, we all have habits and things that we kind of grow into and things that we settle in. And at least one, I feel like one kind of mind shift. And again, this is just how I'm hope, how I'm choosing to look at it. Maybe because it's in my favor to look at it that way is just that, okay, I'm much, I'm much more pleased with the human that's, that I'm becoming, whether or not anything else would have happened because it's like, okay, like everything takes a lot more lifting than it otherwise would have but that means I'm stronger and um, hopefully I'm just kind of can, yeah, please, sorry, yeah. can I say something I, I, so um, I actually just kind of had this conversation with a couple of my girlfriends who are mothers and their husbands felt kind of the same way where mm. it was like they resented that the kids kind of got in the way of things that they could or should be doing mm-hmm. but for us as mothers it felt more like we got tired of compromising and it wasn't so much a resentment as like, I have to compromise on this and I don't want to. And so it was just kind of like interesting, the different ways that we were looking at it. And it was like, is that because we deal with the whole pregnancy and we're having to compromise our body. And so it's Mm -hmm. just like this ingrained process before the children are born, you know, Mm -hmm. that like then when they're born, instead of it just being like for you, all of a sudden it was just like, there's this baby here. Now you're responsible at 24 seven and everything else in your life is a backseat to this thing that's crying constantly, you know, especially with our son, he cried for six months straight. Yeah. And so it was like, it was more of just like something that got thrown in your face where for me, it was, I had nine months dealing with compromising my body for something and getting used to that. That Mm -hmm. then it was like, okay, well I can either work late tonight or I can compromise, go home, put my kids to bed. Right. work at midnight instead you know mm-hmm. i don't know it was just like a, a slower a more yeah. gradual process or whatever yeah yeah sorry did that left no it? not okay. at all not at all like that's that totally, i mean that totally makes sense i mean quinn you're just a sweetheart so you probably never had it <laughs> i don't know what you're talking about <laughs> i definitely feel the resentment even though i feel gratitude yeah that, for where my life is now you know mm-hmm. with because it does round you out and i mean it i have i've so i've overcome so many things i'm like it's not about me like not everything is about me you know that's been the hard one for me like i don't get to be the baby anymore <laughs> of course it's about me yeah, no, i know i'm so impulsive too like and i it's just helped me to recognize that i'm like yeah you know like 
if someone else is having a bad time, if one of, you know our son is having a bad day or something, and I'm like, like I have to step up and face myself, and I think that's really cool. And I, I don't know, I, I really appreciate the journey and the, the all the learning that comes with it. Do you feel like the not being that way was rewarded almost in with the other lifestyle at sometimes or oh yeah like like not having uh not having accountability and not having and not growing or well does that make sense in the certain little bubble that mm-hmm. the inclusive bullshit that i was dealing with the boys club of weak men that i was around mm-hmm. that were so caught up in that tunnel vision of here's what we're doing it was like yeah, that energy I will never, ever put up with again. I will never can you be around that. Can you, like, spot it? Spot it? Yeah. When I see it now? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, I can. Um, I, I, But I honestly don't see it like, I, like it was. It, it's like this kind of, it's like a clubhouse. Like, it's, you know, it only happens in there. Yeah. It was happening on tour. It was happening in conversations and phone calls. And, you know, just in that little, small world that was the band life you know Mm -hmm. there were just so many um i also understand why it's there it's sort of a defense mechanism and it's sort of a comfort thing it's like you're traveling all around and there's lots of new people all over the place and so it's easy to be like see that lady what a bitch Mm -hmm. like oh and this it's this way to sort of relate to each other is to point out like all these things going on yeah but to the level it got i was like no no it's not cool like if i say i'm really i'm really proud of something or i really like this or i'm in love with this woman Uh it's here comes you know didn't have to do negativity or uh-huh. anything yeah any just absolute bullshit i'm like that's um that's not gonna work so yeah. um you know did you ever feel like am i the crazy one for not wanting to follow suit no i always felt like i knew that was right because mm-hmm. i would talk to people like i would talk to fans and stuff or after, after the shows and things and whatever and just anything like dealing with logistics with tour managers or personnel and like having to actually work things out and i'm like yeah that's not really it's not really cool to treat people like dirt and then when you need something done you can just apologize like you know yeah that's like trying to develop in myself i'm like okay here we have like a narcissistic person and a bunch of codependent people around right that want to please that one person and that narcissistic person goes i've got all these people here to please me and it's just this the worst cycle so i i I didn't really feel bad or whatever, you know, how you were saying. (laughs) Did you see that as a similar cycle with, like, most of the other bands and stuff? or Not really, no. Oh, okay. No, and that's what kind of threw me out. That's what it was like. You guys, like, say another band, you guys are trying really hard. Your singer's not a dick. He's actually, like, really, like, putting himself out there and, like, Mm -hmm. singing and really wants it and really wants to do it. And it's really kind to people. There's like, actually like strong real friendships and like brotherhood, yeah. love and care and concern within the band. Mm-hmm. Not yours. Yeah, no, I see <laughs> other bands sign. and I'm yeah, like, and yeah, like, oh, like everybody's like understanding. Like best friends. <laughs> yeah. No matter how hard or if there are little resentments that I'm not continuing to make music, I'm like, well, this is just personal, you know, I'm like, this is better. Yeah. Um, and I can make music in my room or with Megan just in our house. And settle on that, not finishing an album, not doing this, not going on tour, whatever. And I still enjoyed it along the way, <clears throat> more so than having to be stuck with someone in an airport, traveling across the world for hours and hours and days and days and weeks and weeks and with negativity. And 
you know, added just all that stuff that comes with it. So for me, again, for me, for um, me. <coughs> just how the things that we say we are, you know what I mean? Like, oh, this is what defines me or whatever, you know, and I'm sure at some point I was it difficult at all to be like the used doesn't define me. Or was that an easy, a very easy, just that was easy. I think so. Um. Well, I think that even more so that became easier when um, our neighbor died and just my dad died, my brother's dog died, um, my, my neighbor's brother also died, her brother and her husband. All this stuff happened within a few month period and we just like woke up and were like blasted into a new perspective. I feel like that, you know, it wasn't like you were struggling with your identity before then. It was just more of a acceptance of this is kind of what it is, you know, like this is how I make money, this is mm -hmm. how I create, and that's just how life was. We were used to it, yeah. you know? And then that happened and we were like, whoa, actually life is so short. And he was like, I'm, this isn't, I'm not, I'm not this darkness. Mm -hmm. in this situation you know like all this this is not the life I choose yeah, yeah and then it was easy for you right then how long ago was that that was like five four the years end ago of 2014 I think whoa no so end funny of 2000 I have a hard time with dates and numbers I don't remember things like in that way we've talked about this a lot because if I'm like stressed out I get in a cycle of negativity mm. and I just think that it's interesting that um when it it it's easier to build on negativity, like when you're in a group setting, I feel like, mm -hmm. because being positive is vulnerable. Yeah. And mm -hmm. I find that a lot where it's like, it's easier to say, I hate something or, you know, to, to express a negative way of what you think about something than it is to be like, I love this thing. And to have someone else be like, well, that thing's stupid or, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And I yeah. just think it's interesting that like as a society, that that's how we are, mm -hmm. that it's easier to hate on something or dog on something than it is to step out and say, this is amazing and I love this or my life is great in this area mm -hmm. or whatever, you know, like it, it, we don't do that very often, which I think is interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I, I know I, when I've been around other people, like say other bands or, other, you know, say the rats, for instance, one of the guys in that band is just very clear. Um, <clears throat> his name's Sonny that he likes to like things. Mm -hmm. He's like, I, he's, and he's a loving person. And I go, this is what I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. This is this makes my day better, my life better in every way. Like, mm -hmm. that's, and I just love that. Like, mm -hmm. I, I do. It's like, I mean. If all we're hearing is negative chatter and then life becomes about trying to find our little peg in a place that doesn't belong in all the negative chatter, it's like, well, I know what everybody doesn't like. Uh -huh. And not necessarily to be people pleasers or anything, but just like, well, if all of this stuff sucks, what doesn't suck? And yeah. I guess that's where I have to live. And it's such a narrow, non it's a non-existent place to live because of, mm -hmm. you know. And I'm totally guilty of it. I've like gone through, you know, I can be, I have to like Rumsfeld myself. That's our code, that's our word. code word for to stop shit talking. Mm -hmm. Really? It is. Yeah. It's so easy to just, yeah, get to that cycle yeah, where you're like, like ah, this you know, thing like everything, again. Listening to music, like, oh, this is terrible. And then driving, like, you know, you suck. Uh -huh. we, we call it Rumsfeld. From the movie The Burbs, it's just a character. We, oh, yeah. We're like, oh, let's just pick a, a word, movie. and we love yeah. that movie. Uh, so we're yeah. like, let's Rumsfeld, like yes. you know, like let's like yeah. cut that shit off. I it's feel hard like, though. Yeah. Well, yeah. and I feel like, I mean, especially with like our roles, it's like 
I am not musically inclined at all. I know nothing about music. I don't, you know, I am strictly from a consumer base. That's how I view music, you know, just from an average consumer base. So it's like I'm doing all this stuff with like hearing what fits in ads and hearing what fits in trailers and hearing this and getting, you know, and he'll send me this amazing song and I'll go back to it and be like, this doesn't feel organic in this one spot. Can you add chains or something, you know, instead of being like, this is an amazing creation that he just did. And like, Mm -hmm. but it's, that's being subjective and being subjective is different than being negative. But I also, I I feel like it puts me in a night. Guys, I am so emotional. I apologize. But oh, I feel like for you listeners, Maggie's crying right now. <laughs> I always oh, have tears. I know. Yeah, I'm such I just hold on. I think that's sweet. I think. Yeah. What you're saying is, but it makes it. me like live in a very negative place. Mm-hmm. Like you, have, you feel like you're 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 poised. To find what's wrong and things. Yes, yeah. it's like it's like my job is to point out what's wrong and how it should be fixed for a better opportunity. Yeah, I, but if I mean in the same token, I'm I'm doing the same thing with singers. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or with I mean that's just a, a thing I think about working with people is just finding <clears throat> a finding being good at taking the criticism, which is something I've had to get a lot better at because I. I think everything. I think I shit gold. <laughs> so it, it's hard for me to. It's hard for me. It's hard. So it's it's hard for me to um, to you know. And I I tend to think I know everything. And so it's like me too. You know. So it's hard. It, it's difficult for me to hear. And I have to catch myself when I start getting defensive, like or or even saying, "Well, I did this for this reason or whatever." You know. Mm-hmm. Um, and but on the same token, it's like I know how. And it's like, Megan, you're fucking awesome to work with. And you always just take direction. You're just like, okay, cool. You know, like, and, but it's like, I know how shitty it is to work with singers that aren't like that, that are like, oh, well, I was just doing this because of blah, blah, blah. And I just want to be like, yeah, and I just told you it didn't work. So fucking change it. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, I, so I, know how, I know how shitty that is to work with people who get defensive when you try and offer direction. So I'm, I'm trying, I'm trying to get better at that. And I hope. Uh, and that wasn't a statement about that. I'm just saying that, uh, like, when you're in a cycle of negativity and your mm-hmm. your role is to point out the problems, then I feel like it kind of it's easy to spread that out mm-hmm. and make yeah. that influence yeah. other things, right. and then that mm-hmm. can be in it. Whether it's how cycle. your coffee was made or right. how exactly. Yeah. Right. Yeah. When, critical of everything. Yeah. Yes. Hypercritical. Yes. When you're in the role of a judge, you have to judge things. Yeah. It's so easy to yeah. always be judgmental, and especially yeah. in our society. Like, that's what everyone's doing. Everyone's judging themselves and judging each other. And when it's a part of your job, it's really hard to turn that shit off, mm-hmm. you know, when it's just, like, all around, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Well, and I also think that, like, on that token, like, the more you're probably expressing gratitude, the more opportunities that are positive probably come in your life you know because you're focused on those things yeah Mm -hmm. putting out like how you were saying like expressing love to people and then they're going to express that love back in whatever way works for them or you know and well it's like if you're shopping for a chrysler minivan all of it and you swear you're like i don't think i've ever seen a chrysler minivan and then you shop for them and then you see them all over the place because you've been looking for them and it's it's, you know it's the same confirmation bias yes but Mm -hmm. but it's yeah gratitude confirmation bias Mm -hmm. But I think it's real. I mean, I don't say think it's real. It's it's like residue you leave is residue that like it's puts 
And yeah. It's, where it's, you let, where it, you let it, your mind be? Yep. Yeah. Where is the focus? <laughs> so where's the focus with you guys right now? I think we're pretty grateful. There's a lot of gratitude yeah. up in our lives. Pretty much just like love and moment. I feel grateful. There's yeah. pain, you know, like there's there's tragedy around us and things that we're that we go through and are trying to figure out. Our life's really confusing, you know, like we don't have lives like other people have. Our experiences are 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 unique. I mean, of course, some people have had experiences like us, but in, in our families and our circles, no one understands our life or why we do what we do or how we spend our time or how we're trying to balance work and family and being in charge of ourselves. And we're also very, very feeling people. Um, we're deep, deep feelers and, and lovers. And um, it's easy to get caught up in our emotions. So we, you know, we just kind of, in finding the balance, teeter. And that can be really hard in our lives right now and trying to figure out, okay, well, we need different income sources and we still need to finish up all the stuff that uh, from Quinn's past life, lives. <laughs> and, um, you know, there's just so many things on our plate that mm-hmm. we're trying to figure out. And there's really no, there's not a lot of people to look to to be like, oh, well, this is how they're doing it. We've loved being friends with you guys and getting closer to you guys. I, I'm serious. When we had Golden and I started getting more and more tired, at first it was pretty easy. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, this is amazing because I didn't have postpartum mm-hmm. depression like oh, I did yeah. the first time I had a baby. Mm-hmm. So I was just really happy and grateful that I didn't feel like that. Mm-hmm. But then it got harder and harder, mostly exhaustion-wise. And you guys were, you know, we're doing stuff with you guys, Light Spark, all these different events and mm-hmm. these things. And I'm just watching you two, and you have baby twins <laughs> and a little guy, you know, and... Or just like, how the hell are you guys we're doing not, that? We're not doing it. It's amazing. No, we don't feel guys, really. It's really influential. Really, really so much inspiration. Thank you guys you. have no idea how much yep. inspiration you gave us and continue to in the past year. There should be a support group, right? Yeah. yeah. Like I was saying, the reason we, I even do this podcast really is so that we can have friends and talk about shit and get real you know you're talking about life being short and it's Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. i don't want to spend if i get to see friends that i feel like share value core values and things with i mean i i think entertainment's great and i think food is great but it's like if i'm if i get to spend an hour or two hours or whatever with people that i enjoy i don't want to do it at a movie or at a i went to go see a comedy show with a couple of my really good friends the other week and it was like the drive there and back was awesome i could have done without the comedy show and i love stand-up comedy you know what i mean and anyway there should be a support group right for (laughs) emotional people who work in the arts who are trying to make it work with kids yeah Yeah. in a certain way parenting is very isolating because it's it's routines and bedtimes and meals and things that um it can't can't get interrupted mm-hmm. and so then to find a tribe of people that have the same values and are going through the same things and feel the same isolation is really valuable yeah yeah i agree anyway so on all of the podcasts i like to ask people what in life so i'll ask each of you what you wish was less important in your life took less of your energy or less of your time or less of your brain power. We go back and forth really strongly between like 
I'm, we're going to be hermits. We're not, we don't want anything to do with anyone ever again. We're not, we don't want to be a part of anything. We're out. And then we're like, man, we want a tribe. We want to be with people. We want to collaborate. We want to do all this stuff. What I could do without is this society where everyone is lifestyle driven or identity driven, where it's like, I am this car, I am this brand, I am these sunglasses and this beanie and this house and this thing. I feel like I'm, I, I just feel alienated and I'm just like, I, and I don't know, I just, sometimes it just drives me crazy. Like that it seems like that's kind of what everyone's getting sucked into in this new age. And they're just doing it blindly. Like you go on Facebook or you go on social media and it's like one thing or another, an argument, 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 argument. And no one's like, loving each other, talking about anything. I could do without that. I really just hope that in some way people could awaken, though. I really hope people will wake up. The, you know, I'm not trying to be, like, just lumping everybody into certain categories. But it is, like, a lot of identity politics, life's brand branding and lifestyle, everything. I just, it just, I can't, I can't get into it. Like, I don't know what clothing to wear mm-hmm. because I'm, like... I don't know what my life like. It's like I'm supposed to pick a lifestyle. What does this T-shirt like, to, say about to, me to, as a person? Yeah, I'm like, I can't do that. I can't wear a label. I, I would love to live in a society where it was a little bit different than it is here. Maybe it, it's just maybe down the way a little bit, and it's just like a small community. Maybe it's Moab. You know, I don't know. Maybe it's you know another country, or I don't know. But I don't let it rip me up to the point where I'm like, I God, I, I can't stand it. I gotta have something else. But it sits there. It, it's it's kind of swims under the surface a little bit. I'm like, totally. Do you feel like it's? Um, I don't want to say infiltrated, but like, do you feel like it's something that even though you wish wasn't important to everybody else, that has somehow in some small way worked its way into your decision making process and. Uh, that you wish it was less important to you? Or do you feel like, no, I pretty much am pretty good at blocking it out for myself. I just wish it wasn't. Does that make any sense? Yeah, I think I'm pretty good at blocking it out, yeah. is what I would say. And then, yeah, I just think it's when you set yourself into a group, mm-hmm. which a lot of people do, mm-hmm. and that's what I'm basically getting at, is yeah. that I just that gets to me like I'm I feel like I'm an individualist like mm-hmm. I just want everyone to to kind of like look at each other individually mm-hmm. instead of because it is easier to like I'm in this group of thought <laughs> it's just a lot easier to say that's what I feel those are my values and I think everybody's doing that even when the, even when it seems like it's the most equitable and most right thing for everybody mm-hmm. I have a hard time even relating it to other people and that's where I'm like I just have to shut my mouth and just enjoy my life and just and ju- try to influence people with like genuine like gestures of love mm-hmm. and understanding non-judgment to be able to be critical so that I can make change you know and that's difficult and, yeah that seems like it's difficult though because people want to I mean just as humans it's like we want to be able to figure each other out yeah you know and yeah. it's like oh I uh, ran into Quinn and Immediately, what's what you know what I mean? Like, where does he belong? What box can I, you know, Mm -hmm. what box can I fit that in? And it's like, I know, why do you think, why do you think we do that? Mm. We we have to compartmentalize, you know, put things into categories so that we can understand them, you know, it's like 
It's it's just natural too, though. I don't think it's like this like completely um, non-natural thing where like I mean you're observing another person and you're saying they seem this way, that seems that way, that seems like you know whatever, mm-hmm. and so we have to make logical, rational judgments, you know, based on our own experiences mm-hmm. and understanding, yeah. which is pretty limited. Yeah, but I think that if for you, most of us. I think that if you, if a lot of people that aren't, um, they won't lean on those personal experiences or that that <clears throat> they lean on a group, and then but and then people in the group kind of take that on and like and mm-hmm. it just that that's where it's easier. It's when I see people judging other people from a group standpoint, from a identity standpoint. I have to give you the most long-winded answer <laughs> no, to all the question. Well, we we've been floating and trying to figure out where we belong you know we've been separating from our families for a long time and old groups of friends and mm-hmm. we feel like we're evolving past places we've come from and finding ourselves being like well where do we belong then now then like who's going to understand us so few people do mm-hmm. and we want to understand everybody so it's kind of a painful situation that we found ourselves in yeah. as far as that goes, being like, yeah. well, we not, you know, like, I don't, I don't care, really. Like, I like to get dressed up and, like, mm-hmm. whatever occasionally, but, like, I don't give a shit about sports. But if I want to wear a Cowboys t-shirt, because my dad loved the Cowboys, mm-hmm. I, you know, I'll go out there and then some like, oh, you like the Cowboys? Like, mm-hmm. you know, like, whatever you're wearing, <laughs> however you're representing yourself, yeah. everyone's just like, you know, like, mm-hmm. as a mom in this public school system out here. I hate, hate being, I was active in all through elementary school with Ryder and the moms, some of them were really kind to me. I will say a handful of them were amazing, but they were also American Idol fans and they would be like, Mm. you know, and then the other ones were just like, tattoos, Mm -hmm. you know, like didn't no makeup, wearing some crazy outfit. Her hair clearly is dirty, like whatever Mm -hmm. they're judging me on. Mm -hmm. And I'm just like, I hate this bullshit, Mm -hmm. you know, like. You know, your kids are mean to my kid because he he likes whatever he likes, you know, like, which is not stuff that Mormon kids are allowed to like or whatever. He likes, you know, anything. So that's that's been painful for us to be like, all right, well, we're here. Mm-hmm. We're raising children here. So we have to be active mm-hmm. in our community to a certain extent. Man, I hate it. I'm mm-hmm. like, I, this isn't the community I choose. Like, where am I? Like, I want, like, hippie parents or something. Mm-hmm. Like, people who are just like, hey, be you. Do you. Like, what does mm-hmm. your kid love? Great. My kid loves this. Mm-hmm. Not, like, judging me and, like, being so hateful to me. And I've mm-hmm. experienced that. I still do. You know, writers in junior high school. And every time we go, he plays cello when we went to his concert. And I cannot believe if I accidentally make eye contact with someone, I smile instantly. It is so rare for me to receive a smile back, and I I'm too sensitive for that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah. what? Like, fuck you! Like, why can't you smile back at me? Yeah. And I'm I'm um, conscious enough to know that you know people are in their own minds, and they're like they might not even have noticed me. Like maybe mm-hmm. they didn't even really see me because mm-hmm. they're not used to that. I, I don't really know, but it's still like I don't want to be here. I don't want to be around this this community. Mm-hmm. Where's our community? But it's like, how do we pick up and go find one? Mm-hmm. You know, like there's religious people everywhere. Mm-hmm. If they're not LDS, it's something else. Yeah. Or, you know. Mm-hmm. Or people that are non-religious that are. In a different community. That, yeah. That are, yeah. have their own judgments. Yeah. About whatever. Straight their states up. of mind, like what they're exactly. after. Like yeah. your group of people. What, who, <clears throat> what's your identity? 
yeah. in that way. And we're not, we don't really know, we don't, we're not, we don't want to find one to define us, even in mm. music, which is a challenge, you know, yeah. like, what kind of music do we want to play? All of it. You know, like I want to do a crazy hip hop project where I'm just like, you know, like I have all sorts of dreams about some raunchy ass hip hop, mm-hmm. but also I want to sing some beautiful acoustic, you know, ballads. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I just, I don't, we don't want to be boxed. I don't want to have to like mm-hmm. put on a uniform and be like, that's what I am. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't care. I want, it would be cool if other people didn't too. <laughs> you know? Well, and I think like, like in regards to, that you that you want to do these different things and you want to be able to kind of change and whatever it's like i we are in these boxes and we do you know subscribe to things and like no i'm you know i'm republican i'm democrat i'm independent you know and then we don't allow people to change from that yeah. you know it's like once they're that thing we always subscribe them to that thing and then they if they try to push back against it it's like oh well you're a traitor you're now an outsider you're no yeah. longer part of this group and it's like i mean i'm a totally different person than I was when I was growing up you know I'm sure that you are too and I think that that should be okay and we don't we don't allow it to be okay yeah I'm Megan I'm Quinn and thanks for the hang yeah thank you guys